Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. This is the premiere, the premiere podcast video cast of Relive the Miracle 2020.com. The people that are actually bringing the 1980 gold medal winning hockey team to the desert southwest. They're going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada, the third weekend of February. A lot of events going on, including the team being recognized at a Vegas Golden Knights but the contest at T-Mobile Arena. But the big event, Paul, February 22nd, Thomas and Mack Center on the UNLV campus. The All the living members of the team, I've been told, are going to be there. We know of one that probably won't be there due to some health conditions that he's dealing with. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more tonight. But I just want to inform everybody on what this podcast is going to do. It's going to be a bi-weekly, so every two weeks, Paul and I will sit down and talk about this leading up to that weekend in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Paul is excited about this as I am because this is something in our history. Uh, yeah. Here's the uniqueness. Before I get into the details about this, Paul, here's the uniqueness, I think, about this whole thing. This is a 40-year reunion right. of, of an event that, that changed the world, not only in sports, not only in hockey, but actually had yeah. world implications back in the day. It, but here's the uniqueness. You and I remember it, right? But yeah. there's a whole nother group of people that are 30 years and younger that have no clue what this event really was. All they've been able to do is gather YouTube videos. They've been able to watch a movie, which was very well done, by the way. And there will be some some of those actors will also be out interacting be, with people cool. in Vegas. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So. Uh, my shout out, first of all, to Jeff Holbrook, the guy that's putting this all on. If you saw our uh, hockey talk show a couple of weeks ago, you had a chance to uh, hear Jeff and, and see Jeff and see what it's all about. And also Brendan Shaw right here in, in the Phoenix area. That's been a big part of it, working with Jeff and bringing this on. And I'm so grateful that they asked us to be a part of this and to, uh, to step in. It's going to be all the big boys, uh, Paul. NHL oh. Network's going to be there, ESPN, and we're going to be right there with them. So it's going to be a thrill. What we want to do, though, is lead you up to it. We want to build the excitement. Most importantly, we want to build the people from the desert southwest. We want to get you going, get your blood pumping to get up and appreciate these guys because this is 40 years. If you have a chance when to the, go to this, you need to go because um, from everything that I've gathered and, and read and, 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 and did a little research on, when they did this five years ago in Lake Placid, it was insane. It was. It, it, it and, was And it was insane. hard to get to. And you it, know how to get there, don't you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, but even but that's a, 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 a still a long trip even for me. And and I'm for, much closer than you are. But it would feel like about the same time to get from me to you as it would take to get to Lake Placid. It's up in the corner of nowhere. It really is um, up there. And... You know, so this is uh, a little bit of a different setting, a little bit of a different scene. It's very easy to get to Las Vegas. It's probably easier to get to Las Vegas than it is to get uh, to Lake Placid, uh, especially because of the terrain and, and where it's located and, and what you have to do to get there. Um, but if you have a chance to go to this, um, this is – like you said, 40 years, you don't know who's going to be around at 50. Exactly. You don't, you don't know who's going to be around at 50. We've um, lost a few already, Paul. You know, you probably will get 
I mean, the the three quarters maybe, but still not just about everybody. Um, you know, well, let's all, let's also be honest about this, Paul. Fifty years is from the date years. of the game. Yeah, you, you had guys that are in their late teens, early twenties. Right. So, so you're talking about guys 50, in their seventies at that point. How, yeah. how much are they going to be able to recollect? I mean, we I all think, know what happens with age; you lose some things. This is an opportunity when these people still have pretty sharp uh, recollection yeah, I mean, of what happened. You know, I mean, there were a couple of older guys on the team. I think Buzz Snyder was 25, and and I think Mike Ruzioni was 24. Uh, so you're talking; those guys will be in their mid 70s. Uh, maybe they won't be as healthy as they are now. Uh, but like I said, if you get a chance to do this and go, uh, you know, the Valley of the Sun is not that far from Las Vegas. And nope, I do it a lot, Paul. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's what is it, an hour flight, maybe a five-hour yeah. drive, six-hour drive? About a five-hour uh, drive from here. Yeah, so if you have a chance to go do this and, and, and go see this event, I can't urge you enough to go see this because, as you mentioned when we started, it was a historical event in all sorts of ways, uh, not just on the ice, off the ice, outside of sports. It was uh, a crazy time and, and, and an instant in time that just doesn't happen very often that brings everybody together. And... Uh, the players were isolated, and they'll tell you what the heck did we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> it, it was just a hockey game to us. And, you know, Al Michaels said it at the beginning of the broadcast, and that's another story in and of itself. Uh, he basically comes on and says, despite all of this, this is just basically a hockey game. But, right. it, was a, it, but it was a hockey game that the way it turned out, ended up being the crossroads of a lot of things, both in hockey and outside of hockey. And so if you have a chance to do this, especially if you can bring your kids, uh, do it because you, you, oh, you'll regret it if you moment. don't. You'll, you'll yeah, regret it if you don't. Okay, let me, let me recap what our shows are going to be like. We're going to do seven podcasts. The last one will be on the Sunday. They're going to air on Sundays. Um, Every other Sunday from now until the event ends, uh, Paul and I will be uh, recapping things. We're going to talk about segments of players, right? So you and I have talked about this. We're going to have four different players each podcast that we're going to kind of highlight. No real rhyme or reason to how we picked them. We just uh, uh, we picked a couple of things, and, and the four that we're going to discuss a little bit about today, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we do have six more shows after this one. But I do want to remind people of two things. This is in the Thomas and Mack Center. It's known right. for UNLV basketball. Correct. But it seats 12, 15,000 people for an event like this. So there's going to be a lot of seats. Uh, they're going to put it on uh, top-notch production. You're going to have a chance to do things that you thought you'd never be able to do. Um, you're going to see things that you thought you'd never see from artifacts to clips to you know, I, one of the things that I'm most curious about is I know they're going to play some video and they're going to stop it at a certain point in the video and they're going to ask that person. Uh, you know, and I may just throw something out like a Mike Ruzioni. When this goal was scored, what was going through your head? Did you realize and hear from that person right on the spot, which I think is so cool. So I'm really looking forward to that part of it. Again, the date is February 22nd. It's a Saturday. 
the team will be there all weekend. I know they're uh, having a Golden Knights. The, the Vegas Golden Knights stepped up and have really jumped on as a sponsor of this event. And uh, because of the Golden Knights, they wanted to do something for their uh, season ticket holders. I understand that Friday night event for them was sold out in like 15 minutes. Yeah, like so, no I mean, I, this is, like <laughs> so, I said, if you're doing this, if, if you have a chance to do this and go to this event, even if you don't get to do everything, you, you need to go. Um, because, and, and, of course, it's Vegas, right? So, Vegas. I mean, there's so much to do so in you Vegas know anyway. So, you know a show. And if nothing else, you can come out and celebrate my birthday a little late and Paul's while he's there. I mean, it'll be a really good time. You can come over and buy us a drink or something and, you know, we'll we'll tell you some stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That that was a selfless plug that I just had to throw out there. But, um, okay. So let's let's get into details about this, Paul. Uh, hmm. When we were first approached about this, I asked you, I said, are you interested in doing this with me? And you emphatically said yes. Why? Um, because uh, it's it's a day that I remember so specifically. Okay, it's an event, in, in it's one of those "Where were you when this happened?" moments. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, let me ask you: Where was Paul Hornstein when that moment happened? Uh, I assume you're talking about the game against the Soviet Union that yeah. was a four to three yeah. win. Yeah. Well, I can tell you exactly. I can tell you exactly where I was. Let's hear it. I was That's in my living. I was in Miracle I, Fall. I, I spent the entire day, and it was a lot easier to do back then, trying to avoid the news okay. and the scores because the game on television was tape delayed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was tape delayed till eight p.m. Eastern time. A game that started at five o'clock <laughs> uh, Eastern time, and I was in my living room on the chair watching the game while the rest of my family was in the dining room celebrating my birthday. <laughs> How good is that? I love that story. <laughs> okay. Um, I was 16 years old that day. And uh, I remember just every time something came, every time there was a commercial, I had to, we got up and changed the channel back then, people. We didn't have remotes. <laughs> Okay, I either ran out of the room or I shut the TV off. I didn't listen to the radio all day because I didn't want to know what happened before the game started. Now, I've seen stories and heard stories since then. Well, if you watch this, you kind of got to give away. You watch it. I was not that savvy to be able to figure that out. Uh, Jim McKay did an absolute unbelievable job. Knowing what he knew and being able to to to, to play it the way he played it hmm. as right. the host of the Olympics back then for ABC um, was off the charts. So, um, you know, I'm watching the game and I'm watching the game and my family's trying to figure out what this whack job is doing in the living room watching the game. <laughs> you know, and um, and and I remember. Uh, when Aruzioni scored, I got up and did probably a dance that was probably pretty similar to what they did out on the ice. And I'm pretty sure in that last 10 minutes of a game action, I, I was breathing about as often as they were, which meant not at all uh, right. as, as, as the game goes on. And it's worse because at least they got to play. I had to sit there and watch. And, right. and, and, and every time uh, 
somebody in a red jersey threw a puck at the net. I'm like, <gasps> right. And it, it wasn't just ten minutes. It wasn't throwing a puck. It was rifling a puck at the net. Yeah, you remember I mean, it was. And <laughs> we're talking know, men against boys, guys. Well, that's this really what, what it was. was. Okay. Let, um, let me let me throw this out. You tell me where you were. I'm going to tell you where I was. Right. Uh, Northern Minnesota. My parents had an old Victorian-style house. I am sitting in my upstairs bedroom with a 13-inch black-and-white TV. Again, like you, I didn't want to know the score, so I waited until it came on on tape delayed. Um, watched it. My parents were both in Minneapolis-St. Paul, which was 250 miles from my house at the time. So I had just turned uh, 18. Uh, I was sitting up there. I had a couple of friends with me. We were watching this little TV. And... When things erupted, and just to give you a little insight, I grew up in northern Minnesota, so all half of the guys in the team and Herb Brooks were um, household names to me because uh, I had a good friend uh, that, that was from Roseau, Minnesota, that played on the team. Uh, I played golf with him earlier uh, the past couple of years. Um, so I'd actually been down to see him at the University of Minnesota. Um, first time I ever met Herb Brooks in the, the bowels of, at that time, Williams Arena. Um, right. So when I was watching that and I saw him erupt and throw that stick, which is still an iconic picture that you'll see number nine with his stick about 15, 20 feet above his head in orbit, uh, that was the moment that I'll never forget. I know they, they had to go back and win another game to win the gold medal, but just to seeing somebody that I could relate to on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and it, it was a memory that stuck with me forever. Uh, I immediately got on the phone. I called my parents and I said, you have to find me an Olympic jersey before you come back from Minneapolis. Because, Paul, back then, it wasn't as big deal at all, right? Well, you couldn't hardly find an Olympic jersey, at least well, not in Minnesota. Well, now, now picture me growing up in Queens, New York. Uh, we didn't have ice. We had concrete. Right. Uh, Joey Mullen was not the only one growing up playing roller hockey. Right. Um, Okay, and uh, I had no, you know, I read all the previews that came out in the newspapers and all this other stuff, and, and I remember sitting there telling my 10th uh, grade English teacher at the time, and I said, well, if they get goaltending, they might have a shot at a medal. Yeah. Because uh, I said, they're playing in the U.S., and the last time they played in the U.S., and I, what the, I, listen, I had, no connection to these guys at all other than the three letters on the front of the jersey okay unlike you know in new in new york uh, we were fighting amongst ourselves between islander fans and ranger fans <laughs> and you know we we didn't even really know the world of college hockey existed at that point in our lives right. so um we didn't grow up with it at all I had no idea who these guys were Okay, um, so this was uh, an introduction even to me um, because all I knew is that there was no way to beat the Soviets because <laughs> they were pros, right? And these were college guys. That that what you know? Um, yeah, they used to play a long, long time ago. In the exhibition season, uh, preseason, they used to have the Super Bowl champions play a college all-star team. 
right in 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 in, in the preseason before <laughs> I know the where football this season going. started, and I mean seriously, if 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 they had really played a game that was serious, nothing that NFL team would have kicked the living daylights out of any college all star team, right? Okay, so and we didn't know going into February of 1980 who these guys were. We just knew they had a USA across the front of their jersey, and that's who we were going to root for. We had no clue who these guys were. And the one thing I will say is I don't – I'm sure there was cause and effect, but as you do the research and go up and down and look at the, the careers of, I'd say, about half these players – they had some pretty decent-sized NHL careers. And, you know, would they have had those if they didn't win the gold medal? Some of them yeah. might have. Some yeah. of them might have. Some but, might not. But some of them probably would not have. So, and, pro- and, and including probably one of the guys that we're going to touch on here tonight. So, Okay, so let's let's jump into that. As I said, we're going to break it down into uh, four players or and or coaches uh, each podcast to get us through the whole group. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about the two goaltenders. Right. We're going to talk about Steve Janizak, who ironically, and I don't want to lead too much into it, but didn't play a minute in the Olympics. Didn't, didn't. Nope. <laughs> and Jim Craig, who played every minute. Every minute. So uh, hit both ends of the spectrum. And and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that coming up. We're going to start off, though, by talking about Mark Pavlich, who okay. uh, one of the smallest guys who went to my alma mater at University of Minnesota, Duluth. Right. Um, I'll tell you, growing up, uh, I was a big Mark Pavlich fan, not only because of UMD, but also because of the fact that he was so small, but yet so shifty and so fast and so skilled. Um, I want to preface this, and I'll let you get into talking a little bit about Mark's career, but okay. right now... Um, Word came out recently that that Mark is suffering from uh, some severe mental illness issues, right. and uh, I doubt very seriously that he will be in Las Vegas with the team. That's why we want to start with him and just give a shout out to Mark. First of all, the team, it, the 1980 Olympic team itself, came out and made the statement that they were behind Mark 100 percent right. and supported him as they would, and uh, we're going to do the same. So, um, shout out to Mark Pavlich. We hope you get better. Um, it's a terrible thing. Uh, mental right. illness is something that's is stricken a lot of people, and um, Mark is just one of, yeah. uh, of thousands. So, um, tell me a little you bit know, about Mark Pavlich. Well, you know, the, the thing, first of all, first of all, he was just you know, I, I don't know these guys personally. You know, some of them, I don't know any of them personally. Um, but all, so, so all I can do is kind of repeat what I've learned over time is. And Pavlich was like the quirky guy on this team. Yeah. Um, this is a Quirky's, true, yeah. You know, the, the, this is a true story that you know during his uh, NHL career at one point, uh, the TV broadcast or whoever it was, I I, I don't know uh, whether it was MSG uh, when he was playing for the Rangers or whatever, wanted him for the post game show, and they I guess back then they and they might still do it now, pay players to appear on these on the post-game shows or whatever. And he said no. And uh, I guess somebody noticed it and said something to the TV guys and said, give us a minute. And they went over to him and they said, and he comes and they came back and said to the TV guys, listen, if you 
promise him some fishing gear and some you know, <laughs> he'll, he'll do it he'll yeah. do it and he did so um you know he's one of the guys that i think if the gold medal had not happened uh might not have gotten his shot in the nhl um he played a, a, about five years for the rangers he had three 30 goal seasons uh, i believe for all three of those years he played for her brooks uh i believe you're he, right as he gathered a, a few of the players that he had on his 80 Olympic team uh, on that Rangers team that he was coaching, um, they were probably about 20 years ahead of their time at that point. NHL was not ready uh, no. No, for, the, for, for, for that kind of player. If, if, if a healthy Mark Pavlich was in his 20s now, yeah, um, he'd be a big-time player. Um, yep. And this, these are the things that we – you know, that we didn't know as we went into the Olympic Games, uh, you know, about the, the skill of these players. But he had seasons of 33, 37, and 29 goals and another 20-goal season for the Rangers. So um, I wasn't too happy about that. But uh, <laughs> but he was a good NHL player. And like I said, they were ahead of their time. So, um, like I said, Herb Brooks put together a bunch of players that uh, – he had on that Olympic team. I think there were like three or four of those guys. Dave Silk ended up on that team. Um, and I think there was one more uh, who was on that team as well. Um, and they were a very competitive team uh, for, for for most of that time. So, Totally agree. So uh, shout out to number 16, Mark Pavlich. He'll be, uh, and, you know, if Mark is unable to attend in Vegas, that's why we want to start with him first and, just let people know that he was a big factor in that team and also oh, yeah, a seven-year uh, career in the NHL is nothing to sneeze at just check out people right now how long they can play in the NHL so right and uh, by the way by the way let's also add that he had primary assists on the two biggest goals in that tournament absolutely. he had an assist on the Bill absolutely. Baker goal that we're about to talk about uh, that gave them the tie against Sweden and he had the primary assist on the Aruzioni goal that beat the Soviets. So he was a key player in big in big moments. He averaged a point a game. He had a goal and six assists in those games. Uh, he was he was uh, a vital. You know, all those guys chipped in. But so you know, the 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 fact of the matter is that he uh, had some big moments and responded uh, and really was a, a important cog offensively to help that team win a gold medal. All right. Eveleth, Minnesota is Mark Pavlich is our first. Uh, let's stay in Minnesota while we're here. Let's talk about. Well, let's uh, face it. Most of these guys were from Minnesota. <laughs> so let's not. Let's, okay. I can't, I can't do that because I'd be tooting my own horn, as they say. But let's, let's talk let's, about Bill Baker. Who, let, I, let me go backwards with Bill Baker. Right, Bill Baker's an oral surgeon. Yeah. He's an oral surgeon. I mean, come on. He, he played hockey. Went to dental school at the University of Minnesota and now is a oral surgeon. Man, come on. I mean, it's like, let's live in the dream. But tell me well, a little bit about, about if, if, uh, Bill Baker and his, his time with the Olympic team. Well, if, if I read it correctly, uh, the one of the reasons he chose the University of Minnesota was uh, yeah. because he wanted to uh, dental be school. this defense. Yeah, so, um, you know... And, and most of these guys that played for Brooks 
won a national championship the year before they started playing the Olympics. So, you know, he knew these guys because he saw them every day. Uh, most of these guys won okay, at least let me, one national Let me stop you right there. Yes, they won a national championship. Yeah. Trivia time. Do you know who scored that goal against the University of North Dakota sliding on his stomach? The, Neil Broughton. We, well, yeah, well. we'll Neil get to Broughton Neil scored the goal. Um, uh, Bob Iwabuchi. Bob Iwabuchi was the goaltender for UND. It was a phenomenal goal. Look it up on YouTube. 1979 uh, NCAA National Tournament game-winning goal. You will be shocked. Okay, enough of, enough of that. No, Let's okay. go back to... Uh, so, to, uh, you know, Baker got Baker. a chance to play in the NHL as well. He didn't get to play nearly as much as, as some of the other guys did, Pavlich. Uh, he did have one season where he played uh, for the Rangers, too. Uh, in, in the mid-'80s, he had a chance to play most of the games in that season. As we talked about, uh, Herb Brooks put together a bunch of those players on that Ranger team. Uh some of my fellow Islander fans uh, <laughs> refer to that team as the Smurfettes, but uh, we're not going to really get into that because we're not trying to do that. But as long as somebody else on this podcast is going to get regional, I might as well get mine in there too. Um, but he played for the Canadians, played for the Rangers, the Blues, the the original Colorado Rockies, not the baseball right. team, the original yeah. Colorado Rockies that were originally the Kansas City Scouts. And eventually became the New Jersey Devils. So right. follow right. that timeline, will you? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I mean, listen, he scored the goal that set up the shot for the gold medal. Yeah. Yep. He doesn't score that goal. They don't win the gold medal. Right. Okay. That's a big goal. That's a huge goal. <laughs> you know, he doesn't. He, and and I know. don't. I I think he was the guy that was the actually was the extra guy that uh, was sent out onto the ice when they pulled Jim Craig in that first game. Sixth as attacker. They, as, as, as they were trailing Sweden 2-1 to one, uh, in that third period. So, um, you know, somebody made the – as Herb Brooks did in every – it seemed like every moment of those games, made the right call. He sent the right guy on the ice, was in the yeah. right spot, was the right <laughs> type of shot, and and, and – he beat uh, Pelly Lindbergh, I'm pretty sure, was the goalie in that game uh, for the Swedes. Swedes. And yep. he eventually made it to the NHL, and he uh, unfortunately uh, passed away way too soon in a car accident. Um, but uh, that Swedish team was a lot better than people kind of knew at that point, too. Uh, yeah. They hadn't really started being a dominant factor in the NHL till after those Olympic games too. There was a right. lot of talent in that Olympic tournament, not just oh, on the Soviets, Finland. not just on the U.S. team, but if you Finland, look at, at the Finns, the Swedes, um, and the Czechs, they were loaded teams. Yeah. yeah. This was this was not with the U.S. winning one game and winning a gold medal. They beat a lot of big-time <laughs> players. To get to that gold medal. Okay, so we got we got a forward, we got a defenseman. Now I want to talk about the two goaltenders because okay. how unique that you go through a tournament like the Olympics, and one goaltender plays every minute, and the other one plays no minutes. So let's give the first nod to Steve Janizak, University of Minnesota goaltender that uh, came aboard. You know the story about uh, what Herb Brooks told him. Tell us. Well. 
he told he basically told Steve Janizek, "You're not playing." Right. Okay. Um, and Janizek obviously knew Brooks because uh, whether or not that scene in the movie is accurate, as the actor playing Craig Patrick, the assistant coach, says, "Didn't Janizek just win you a national championship?" Uh, when he's talking about who the number one goalie yeah. was going to be. Um, so uh, in, in, in the interviews and stuff, Janicek says Brooks was up front with him, and, and that's all you can ask for. Um, uh, I believe at one point in an interview after the Olympics, Brooks said he thought about uh, pulling Craig during the Olympic tournament. We're not even going to talk about what happened beforehand as yeah. Brooks tried to motivate people. Um, so uh, Janizak, who ended up with a cup of coffee in the NHL, I think he played about a half dozen games, maybe not even that many. Um, you know, he was the key. He was a, uh, a key cog in terms of he had to push Jim Craig. Yep. And, you know, uh, the, the, sometimes the, your, your backup goaltender, Paul, is your most important guy in the, in the whole team because yeah. he's the guy that's got to be ready at a moment's notice. Yeah. And he has to push your starter to be his best. Yeah. And he had the best seat in the house. Absolutely. And okay. And you got more by the way, I, I don't know if he's still here, but I know at the time of the 35 year reunion that they had up in Lake Placid, uh, Janizak was living out here on Long Island. I don't know if he's still here, but uh, he was uh, he was living out well, here on Long Island. If he still is on Long Island, that's going to be your assignment between now to and hunt February, him down. Say, hunt him down, visit him, knock on his door. Well, <laughs> ask him. <laughs> What the heck's uh, yeah. that you that you had on the Jeff Jeff Holt? Yeah, yeah, ask him if he's I'll still here. Jeff. I'll 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 go meet him somewhere. <laughs> what the heck? I you know why not? So okay, so the ultimate hero. Everybody thinks of Mike Ruzioni, but but Jim Craig, the goaltender, was quite a star. Uh, tell us about him a little bit. Uh, he came from Boston. The accent was heavy and hard. You knew where he came from. Played for Boston U. I don't hear accents, so what do uh, I know? <laughs> okay. Tell me a little bit about him and about his very short NHL career. Well, he played – let's see. I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers here. He, he played about 45 or 50 games in the NHL. Uh, he was rushed. Uh, he, he, he was rushed uh, um, he was originally property of the Atlanta, now Calgary Flames. Um, this was just before they moved to Alberta. And, you know, they were struggling in the box office. And he went from Lake Placid to Atlanta in about a week, as a lot of these guys did. Sure. But, but uh, It was playoff it, time for the NHL, just about. Uh, not quite, but almost. It was before the trading deadline, I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, I, and we'll get into that story when uh, we hit the right okay. group. Um, right. Um, but uh, he, you know, if you watch video and you take a look at it, you know, and you take a look at him now, um, all these players had to be exhausted. But I don't think anybody uh, on 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 that team was more exhausted when this was done than Jim Craig. I mean, if you look at some of the video footage, um, they he they did a commercial for one of the uh, soda companies, and I'm mm. not going to mention them because they're not paying me, and I don't drink it. 
Um, and if you look at the footage in that commercial, because they play, he played, he won that first game in Atlanta. Oh, uh, yes. That if you look at some of the footage and you see him after the game with in the locker room, he looks. If you look at it now, you you would recognize it. He looks absolutely exhausted, and he looks just like he was hit all over the place in in 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali. And, you know, that's not his – I mean, if if anybody would have been like that uh, if, if, um, you know. Well, um, and I I definitely think he was – you know, as you look at it now, you can say he was probably rushed. And, um, you know, I'm sure that – that well, he would have liked I, some time, but, you know, it didn't happen say, that way. I can say two things about Jim Craig. Gold medalist, national champion. Won a national yeah. championship with Boston University. And there's not many people that can say no. you've won a national championship nope. and a gold medal. Nope. There's even fewer that can say you won a national championship, a gold medal. I'd and stop it. I already know where you're okay. going. Stop it. <laughs> can we at least wait until we're doing yeah, his group? Okay. For okay. you, uh... yeah. Okay. All right, we will. So Thanks. that that wraps up the four players that we want to talk about. I do want to throw this out there again, folks. It's not too early to get your tickets. They are available. Go to www. And this is close. Listen to this closely. Be careful. Relive, please. relive the miracle. Twenty twenty dot com. That twenty twenty is tickets. important. Yes. Twenty twenty is important. Yes. And you can also go to the Thomas and Mac Center and uh, purchase them there at their box office. They will be available until they're sold out on game day, uh, if we we call it that, uh, the event day on February 22nd. But make your plans now, folks. This is going to be really exciting. I can't tell you after, uh, like I said, the the thing that's most intriguing to me, Paul, is how you're going to bring these generations together and put them all together because you've got the guys that actually saw it like you and me, and you got the kids that have never seen it and have to try to put the – acting faces with the actual faces and then add 40 years to it no, so, except for yeah. except for buzz snyder right <laughs> that'll be easy right yeah well because it was his kid that played him in the movie so exactly the exactly. second movie. all right so we'll get into details on that as we go i just wanted to get this out again relive the miracle 2020.com our tagline is going to be, do you believe in miracles? So we will always, as we go through the show, talk about that tagline. Do you believe in miracles? Because it truly was a miracle. Al Michael said it best. Um, do we have to pay him to use that? Because no, might be out of our budget. No, we'll just keep going oh, down just the road. Checking. Do you believe in miracles? Um, anyway, relive the miracle2020.com, your place to go for all the details and your tickets. Get them while they're hot because uh, Thomas and Mack Center is not unlimited seating. It does hold a lot of people, but not unlimited. And trust me, folks, there's some artifacts you're going to want to see. You're going to want to be up close and personal, so get the best seats you can and be as close to that center of the uh, arena stage as you can be to uh, to meet these guys firsthand. So yeah, you, can Paul, get a, you can get the website link through our website too, right? You certainly can, yes. And you can go to our webpage where you can actually see the podcast on videocast. You can listen to it on us at uh, 
our, our friends at Podbean and anywhere you get a podcast, just go look for the uh, Do You Believe in Miracles dot com or Do You Believe in Miracles podcast. I'm sorry, right. Do You Believe in Miracles podcast right here under College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Um, one thing I'm going to leave you with tonight. I may do this every week, but okay. what is USA spelled backwards? Uh, that would be ASU. Yeah. Oh, good call. Don't know anything about that place. Yeah, good call. Love it, Paul. Thanks for tuning in, uh, folks, and, and listen to Paul and I uh, every two weeks. Sundays is when these are going to air. Uh, we look forward to having you on board. Email us. Send us some uh, questions if you have. Paul is uh, LDDIceTimeSWHockey.com at hockey at gmail.com. Let me get that all straight. LDD, ice time hockey SW at gmail.com. And of course you can reach me very simply at ITHSW sales at uh, gmail.com. We'll be happy to, to interact with you. Get to us on social media. Our social media pages are out there. PF Hornstein, 1964. Uh, PFH. PFH. Yes. Just be warned though. I, 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 this is why I don't bring it up that often. I don't just talk about hockey uh, on my Twitter. Be ready for me. So I, I pretty much do, folks. So if you, yeah, you, you want, if to you want me. just hockey, <laughs> you, 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 mess up you. <laughs> you want, um, if you want some other opinions, and they are opinions. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about this. You want some snarkiness, and because uh, it's you know my first language. <laughs> Um, just be prepared. I, I have no problems debating. Uh, just, yeah, I just talk about other things. Other do talk a lot of hockey, but I talk about other things too. So, all right. Final shout out. Obviously we don't do this for free. So, uh, we're looking for sponsors. If you want to jump what? on board with us here, uh, we do have some limited spots, uh, to help us bring this to you. Uh, you can reach a lot of hockey fans through us and, uh, through our website, uh, the page is up now at icetimehockeysw.com. Uh, just look for the uh, Relive the Miracle 2020 uh, site, and you go to that page, and we'll have everything up this week. Podcast, like I said, is on Sundays. Every other Sunday, you'll get us here. If you want to follow us on uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, that's every week yeah. you get a dose of Paul and I. So have a good night, folks. Uh, tune in to www. Relive the miracle 2020.com. Get your tickets. Join us in Las Vegas, Nevada, February 22nd, 2020. Have See a good you night. Soon.